Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler, on this 18th day of January. I uh, got a lot of big games coming up this week, getting a little bit closer. Uh, a hump day here in Nashville, Tennessee. A uh, lot of news in the NFL. Going to talk about uh, interesting story here, possibly story here out of uh, San Francisco with Trey Lance. And uh, the new general manager for the Tennessee Titans, I think his name Rand Calhoun, uh, Carton, Rand Carton. I've uh, got a little bit more information on him. Plus, there's more to it. I may have touched on it. I know I did the other day, but not in too much detail on the Lamar Jackson situation and what unfolded this weekend. With that, also. John Calipari got a got opinion on him, the college basketball coach of Kentucky. He's rebounded nicely since last week. Uh, Stan Van Gundy's in the news. Um, interesting tweet he put out the other day, and I noticed that uh, even um, even Kevin Durant kind of looked at it and thought that's interesting, you know. Uh, uh, Alabama basketball player, tragedy behind that. Got a few thoughts on that. Who killed a woman? Um, he's no longer the player. He's charged with capital murder. I'll get into that as well. Uh, let's take a quick break, folks. We'll, we'll we'll take a quick break and get back, and we'll start. We'll we'll, we'll talk about Ron Calhoun and Trey Lance situation, and uh, my thoughts on that here. Okay. Stand by. Be right back in a minute and 19 seconds. Hello, SportsCo followers. After five years of doing this program, once a week, balancing a 60-hour workweek job, I've decided to do the program five days a week, one hour a night, taking a significant pay cut. So I've started a Patreon page, which is Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N slash SportsCope, Spelled the same way at the bottom of the screen you see there. For $5 a month, 17 cents a day, you can help support the program. You ask yourself, why SportsScope? Well, I bring in such big names uh, such as Al Borges, former Auburn offensive coordinator, and, and I cover the big news uh, in sports that the corporate media will not cover. If you want to contribute more than $5 a month, you can go use the cash app. The cash tag is Sports Scope, again, spelled the same way. Or you can go to the Zelle app, sportsscope at gmail.com. Uh, Sports Scope has about 5,000 followers and growing. If you want to advertise on the program, you can email me. The word is Sports Scope, spelled the same way again, at gmail.com. Thank you and enjoy the program. Alrighty then, now I'm back. Like I said before the break here, uh, the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans have hired officially now Ron uh, Rand, Rand Cal Carton. I want to keep want to call this guy Calhoun. I'm, uh, Calhoun used to be a barbecue. Um, maybe still be out. I don't know. Either way, so this this Rand Carlton guy uh, out of San Francisco. A lot of buzz around town about him. Uh, a few national write-ups about what Trey Lance did after he was hired. Uh, the, the backup quarterback now who's on injured reserve for the 49ers. I'll have a few thoughts on that. But just I was reading this from Turin Davenport of uh, ESPN. It covers the Tennessee Titans. Uh, he said he's a very good general manager candidate. 15 years in scouting. Uh, was in, was uh, with the 49ers since 17, like I said yesterday. Director of play, player personnel. Uh, he was also a player for a few years as a running back, I want to say, with Indianapolis Colts. But he was also director of uh, player personnel with the Rams for four years. And then three years before that, he was a scout with the Atlanta Falcons. This guy's 41 years old, got right into scouting and management as soon as he was done with his career. And uh, I think he's going to be really good. Interesting, it kind of reminds me of a – oh, God, what's the guy's name? Mel Kuyper. Mel Kuyper in Rappaport tells a story about him scouting players when he was 11 years old. Kind of reminds me of the Mel Kuyper story when he was a kid. Listen up in Rappaport, uh, soundbite from NFL Network. 
It is Rand Carthon, the 49ers executive. There were two GM openings. Arizona Cardinals had one, hired Monty Austin for it. And then now the Tennessee Titans hire Rand Carthon. There were three finals. There was Ian Cunningham from the Bears. There was Ryan Cowden, the in-house candidate from the Tennessee Titans. Then there was Carthon, who was the director of player personnel for the San Francisco 49ers. Has been with the Rams, has been with the Falcons, really worked his way up. This is really cool. Rand Carthon was a guy, when he was like 10 or 11, he would scour the local convenience stores for draft magazines. He would devour all the information. Then he would do his own mock draft when he was like 11, despite not having seen most of these college players. He was just that into it. Now he gets to run his own draft in Tennessee. Yeah, that reminds me of Mel Kuyper. There were stories out about him, Pickles. Uh, Mel Kuyper saying uh, that he was scouting players when he was a teenager. This guy was 11 years old. I thought that was interesting. Uh, Looks like he's going to be a home run hit. Now, as soon as this was made last night on Instagram, the social media app that I'll be talking about a lot today, uh, Trey Lance. Trey Lance, the – Trey Lance – the uh, backup quarterback, obviously, he's a backup right now. Lance, you know, he, he was uh, traded. The team traded three first-round picks and, and, and a third-round pick two years ago to move up in the draft to get Trey Lance. Lance plays. Uh, he sits last year under, under Garoppolo. This year, they play him early in the season. Gets hurt. He's on IR, okay? But this is what he did. Uh, this is from Pro Football talk the news from Tennessee on Tuesday the 49ers director of player personnel Rand Carlton has become the manager GM now Lance posted on his Instagram story of Carlton beneath the image where a trio of fingers are crossed as if he's hopes that that this general manager brings him up to Tennessee now that's already been talked about. That's already been talked about. There's another story that a writer out of the Atlantic said, or the Athletic, excuse me, he said that Brock Purdy is already the guy. Uh, this is this was in the Athletic Monday, and he even talks about Debo Samuel. This writer from Athletic says, even if nobody in the 49ers are going to say it flat out. Just listen to Debo Samuel, this writer says. The first game he ever started, this is this is Debo Samuel about Brock Purdy. Uh, he said, the first game ever started, he called a timeout, Debo said. That kind of shocked me. Cal don't play that. That showed me the type of guy he is. Uh, Debo doesn't just talk toss out praise like that for fun when Debo notes that the rookie quarterback has the guts and the gumption to stop uh, the game himself. That is very much worth noting. I believe Samuel was referring to the early moments, this writer says, of the second quarter against the Tampa Bay Buck on December 11th when Purdy uh, was making uh, his first start for the injured Garoppolo. Uh, Niners were already up 14-0 driving. Purdy scrambled for a a yard on a third and one from the Tampa Bay 33. Then the timeout came. Of course, he calls a timeout. Uh, that next play is touchdown. The game is pretty much over. And the writer goes on to say in his seven games with Purdy, he has thrown 16 touchdowns, ran for two more, and just three interceptions. The 49ers outscored opponents 239 to 120, with Purdy distributed the ball efficiently to Debo uh, Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, and ever, everyone else. Uh you know, I, I, I'll say this, and, and I've already mentioned this before about uh, Trent Williams saying this guy's acting like a 10-year veteran back here. I got those vibes back when, um, of course, we didn't have this much information, but you see it on news and hear it on Sports Talk Radio. Back when Ben Roethlisberger took over for the uh, Tommy Maddox back in 2004, uh, yeah, 2004 season as a rookie. The team went 15 and well, they went technically went 14 and 0 under this guy, only losing in the AFC Championship game. Now, and they they knew he was in. Now, of course, big difference is Ben Roethlisberger was a first round pick. 
Uh, I want to say the team traded up a few spots to get him. Uh, great move by Bill Cowher there and, and that and that management staff. Now, this, this guy was the last pick in the draft. The flip side, and you, you want to look at a guy like Trey Lance, my notes on him, uh, he, he, sit, he sit out for a season, you know, and then he comes in. He sit out for a season, the uh, player out of North Dakota State. Very strong arm, really fast. Uh, but when he did play, he had a 34.8 QBR, massive reports, massive reports out of, uh, uh, out of, uh, training camp this past last summer that the guy wasn't catching on to the playbook, slow to release the ball. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was reported or, uh, that, that he was catching on to that. And that's why he was even in these little mini camps pickles that that's why he was putting off getting the surgery because he didn't want to be traded. He figures that he would be used again to play for Trey Lance. Lance is just very raw. I'm starting to get the indication from year one to year two, usually when players make their big jump, that Lance was just a miss. He's probably going to be a bust at this point. Uh, maybe he gets into a better situation. But, uh, yeah, Brock Purdy seems to be all that in a couple suit. But if you're in Tennessee – Tennessee Titans already have a Trey Lance. Trey Lance will be in his third year. Uh, they've got Malik Willis. He, he's he's uh, a small school guy, went to Liberty, very fast, strong arm. Neither can make those quick decisions. The game is just a little too fast for him as far as the receivers getting open and whatnot. So I don't see that happening. But I do see, according to this uh, article out of, out of The Athletic, from other players saying this is a this is a team reporter here at about Brock Purdy. It's already a foregone conclusion. He's already got a playoff win under his belt. Quite frankly, and look at all the passing plays and the QBR rating that he has had versus a young Jimmy Garoppolo a few years ago when they went to the Super Bowl back a younger uh, back in 2019. Uh, Kyle Shanahan called this is a veteran quarterback. At this point, he calls a handful of passing plays. Now, of course, they run all over the Green Bay Packers that year and get into the Super Bowl anyways. This guy, it seems like he's got him the whole playbook, you know. So Lance is going to be the odd man out. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the odd man out. They'll probably sign another veteran. Jimmy's going to be too expensive. Um, this writer says maybe they'll keep Lance on the roster, or I think it was um, – it might have been Mike Floyd of Pro Football Talk. I had two different articles on the same story here uh, with the same connection. Basically saying they potentially may just keep him on the roster. He'd be in Trey Lance because he is on a rookie contract if they can't trade him. My guess is a guy like Trey Lance, uh, from, from what you see, from what you're getting out of Brock Purdy, uh, the fact that he's already been – think about it. If he can't take off under Mike Cal Shanahan – with those players, with that running game, with that all-world tight end, what makes you think a team like a Tennessee or a typical defensive-minded head coach can do with a guy like Trey Lance? It, it really, uh, you know, not to put any damper on Trey Lance, but that, that's just the facts. I mean, look how good uh, Cal Shanahan has been with quarterbacks. Uh, guys like Jimmy Garoppolo, I know one of their backups were playing pretty well. Uh, now, they've had some duds, too, there at backups. But I just don't see a big market. I definitely don't see Tennessee making that move. But, yes, I definitely see Brock Purdy uh, going to be um, – Brock Purdy uh, definitely going to be the starter going forward in San Francisco. He's just too well-fitting. Uh, you always say, watch their act. Don't listen to what people say, Right. Don't listen to what people say. Uh, don't listen. To, watch what they do and watch how Kyle Shanahan, even years past with a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, the way he would call a game and frame a game versus a guy who just started, you know? So I think we got a good game coming up. This, uh, this Sunday is going to be great. There is a little bit of advantage, a fatigue advantage. Uh with the 49ers, I do think Dallas will give them give them a game.
But either way, it seems like decisions already been made. You can kind of see this stuff coming in the NFL. But hey, you know what? The year they drafted, he was a part of a team that drafted Robert Griffin, the third, and then turned around and drafted in the fourth round, or third pick overall, I think. Traded up, got Robert Griffin with the Washington, uh, then Redskins. Then the team trades, uh, then the team drafts a guy out of Arizona, I want to say, named Kirk Cousins. Well, Cousins turned out to be the solid player of the two, the better of the two. Uh, Griffin gets hurt and never really develops as a passer, you know. But anyways, that's an interesting story. I think that's all it is is a story, but it is in the news. People are talking about that. The Tides are not going to trade for Trey Lance with Malik Willis. If they do, uh, they see something that I don't. That I, I can almost assure you nobody's going to give a second-round pick or a first-round pick for Trey Lance because they're going to say what I just said. Uh, if Cal Shanahan, with all those weapons, can't do anything, what do you think we can't do with him? You know, they're not going to give a – he would be lucky to fetch a fourth-round pick, in my opinion, maybe a second or third for Jimmy Garoppolo because they've won games with him. But uh, as far as Trey Lance is concerned, uh, he needs to just uh, get back to work and try to win his way out instead of trying to send subliminal Instagram uh, messages through social media to get him traded to Tennessee. Pickle says, uh, Pickles uh, got to rock Brock Purdy's cage early. Uh, yeah, the Cowboys will have to do that. They'll definitely have to do that. I would say so myself. Sounds like the guy's going to be a big hit. Okay, so another story here. Now, I've been talking about Lamar Jackson's situation all week. I haven't had all the whole story all week. I haven't really got a good feel for it today. I feel like I have more of an understanding of the uh, Lamar Jackson situation. I don't know if I mentioned this the other day about Jackson, but he didn't even show up to the game. Not moral support, not any. He didn't even show up to the game Sunday night uh, to support his teammates when they're playing a playoff game in Cincinnati. Uh, it was nothing to do with injury. I mean, he could have showed up in street clothes, did not show up. And I just found that out. Uh, and I was wondering why uh, players like J.K. Dobbins and even Sammy Watkins was like, hey, man, you got a sprained PCL. That's why Michael Vick was like, listen, man, I played a whole season with a sprained PCL. Uh, Robert Griffin's injury was an ACL, not a PCL. Big difference. Griffin was saying he's good for him to sit out. Griffin didn't have the 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 uh, uh, career of a, of a of a Michael Vick, even though Vick got in trouble. Vick's actually won a few playoff games and got two hundred million dollar contracts, even though he had his uh, scandal with the dog fighting situation there, where he got and uh, put in prison for. But all that being said, uh, there's this guy on. Uh, let me see. Let me make sure he is on. The Jason Whitlock Fearless Show. And I want to make sure that I've got it. It's in here somewhere. Now, he is saying, essentially, that, that Lamar Jackson, uh, his, his, his name is, let me give you a little context of this guy. Uh, his name is JB, Jason Brown, Coach Jason Brown, junior college coach. He's been on this Netflix show. A lot of you probably heard of it. It's called Last Chance You. It's one of those junior cop. This guy also knows pros, pro coaches around the league. Pretty well known in those circles. Uh, he's out of L.A. And he's saying some of the stuff I've been telling you all for a long time. But he's coming from a coach's perspective about Lamar Jackson. You will not hear this again. Uh Jason Whitlock is with Fearless now. This is not a mainstream corporate media show. You will not hear these critiques of Lamar Jackson. You will not hear these on, on there. Uh, I don't know because he's black, because of the woke, whatever. You will not hear this. But this guy is just telling the truth here about Lamar Jackson. And I'll tell you what, he, he's pretty spot on, man. He's pretty spot on. He uses some terminology I've never heard of uh, in football uh circles 
that's a little bit, you know, over my head, even my head. Uh, but I don't claim to be a freaking football coach. He uses terms like bare front. Listen up. Here's a few uh, comments from uh, this coach to Jason Whitlock. Listen up. 52 dudes in that locker room depending on you to beat the Bengals, to move on in the playoffs. And apparently, from what I've heard, he was medically cleared. Medically cleared. And if you're not going to show up to the game to back up Huntley, as far as backing him up emotionally, support, etc., then to me, you've shown your cards. You are who I thought you were now. And, it's, and it kind of is like, wow. You know, and you saw, you saw Sammy Watkins kind of make a statement like, I don't understand. This guy can play. Why is he not playing? So um, now the reports are saying he, there's uh, some sorts of saying the guy was medically cleared to play. Okay. Here's more from Coach Jason Brown on on uh, on Lamar Jackson. Very confused now that the locker room's starting to get wind of it. I think I said it was Steve Kim. I think he cowered, cowered it out because he didn't want to perform like he normally would in the playoffs and choke and look bad. Yeah, didn't want to do that. And then he goes on and explains that what the way teams are playing Lamar Jackson, which is uh, more of a run-stopping, no respect towards the passer, and most teams will call this an audible. He explains the air quote bare front. I may have this on a missed soundbite, but I think this is it. This is a little bit longer soundbite. Listen to this. A football guy and don't understand football and you don't understand coaching and the intricacies of coaching, you will never understand how truly great Greg Roman is. He's been to multiple Super Bowls as an offensive play caller. That's the offensive coordinator who, who whose people are saying, fire Greg Roman, fire Greg Roman on Twitter air quotes, like I said, those people on Twitter, most of them think they know what they're talking about, but they don't. If it wasn't for Craig Roman, there would be no Lamar Jackson starting anywhere because he, he's, his fundamentals are too bad as quarterback. So anyways, listen up. Long sound bite, but this coach explains it. It's a scheme that nobody wants to talk about. He's created and devised a system for a guy to be successful. And he's created a, a system to be conducive to, for to be conducive in this in, with this guy who limit is very limited throwing the football. So we got to create all these bells and whistles in the run game to have success. Jason, they face a bear front more than any NFL team has faced front. in the last twenty years, and you know as a player, a bear front for all the non you know the the, the, the general population out there, the novice fan is when we cover up every offensive lineman with a D lineman and we bring in two linebackers. There's a seven-man line of scrimmage. And we get cover zero or one high in the secondary. That tells me, and all the whistles are belling, ring, 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 ring. we think you are going to choke passing the football. We're going to pressure receivers, load the box so you don't beat us with your feet because we know you can't beat us with your arm. They face the bear front so much, Jason, and I love seeing these naysayers on Twitter. Greg Roman needs to go. Really? You know what he does in the bear front, Jason? He, he, he has innovated um, schematics in the run game where they are, are adding a hat to the box to help out Lamar. They're, they're down in the guard. He's basically saying he's running off of a seven-man box. You got seven, eight men in the box. There's only 11 players, folks. And they've been doing this for years. No other quarterback in the league, not even your most average Ryan Tannehill, they wouldn't do that to a to a Dak Prescott or Ryan Tannehill, even a guy like a Matt Ryan, who is I'm not in love with any of those quarterbacks. But Lamar Jackson's such a bad passer, but they see more bare fronts than anybody in the league. And this guy, Greg Romans, what he's saying is, they're figuring out ways to still run off that. They're still figuring out ways to run off that. So good stuff there. Uh, here's a few more quotes. I have a few more sound bites here. Stand by. Listen up. This guy had a lot oh, of say. Ago because a lot of people, as you know, as a player, Jason, you see a bare front, you check out. We throw the ball. We can't run against a bare front. 
Roman's running the football versus barefoot because they've had to create all these schematics with floating motions and adding guys to the party just to throw, just to run the ball with this guy to be successful and have a great, have a somewhat of a decent offense in a Yeah. One more bite here. Should they franchise tag Lamar? Should they move on from Lamar? Coach, what is Should they give him a long-term contract? What should Baltimore do? I move on from him, and at this point, I got to start questioning Harbaugh. Uh, On Harbaugh, interesting here. Mr. Hadley sent me a little interesting stat for my show. He's got two wins in 10 years in the playoffs, Harbaugh. Well, nobody's talking about him pacing the sideline, really not doing anything but being the figurehead of the program. He doesn't call offense. He doesn't call defense. He's a special teams guy by nature. And his demeanor on the sideline is really just, it's not that, it's not going to do nothing for anyone like a Lamar Jackson. So he's created this offensive scheme, the RG3s, the, the, the McSorley's, uh, the Huntley's. Their whole program is built around Lamar. Lamar Jackson. Now, he's saying Harbaugh two games in 10 years. That That's interesting right there. Uh, I forgot the last time they made a major rumbles with Joe Flacco back in 2013. Now, Flacco, uh, like I said before about this situation, while I thought possibly Harbaugh could be fired with Greg Roman and Lamar Jackson is because uh, this team has had problems uh, winning games in the playoffs or even getting to the playoffs before Lamar even emerged. Flacco... uh, Essentially, after he got that big contract winning that Super Bowl back in 2012, 2013, he kind of fell in a toilet, you know. And they drafted this guy late in the first round back in 2018. And essentially, he saved John Harbaugh's job. The second year he plays, they he wins the MVP. And, of course, they get put out in the first round. He's won one playoff game, uh, Lamar Jackson has. But he has got more job security for Harbaugh. So I do think the the coach is right about that. But I do disagree with the coach. He also said that, listen, I don't think uh, you would have to change too much to go back to a traditional quarterback. No, this team drafts really – this organization, the Ravens, they draft really well. You got an offensive line check. Ronnie Stanley, one of the better left tackles. He's back healthy again. You got a defensive line. Uh, Calais Campbell, even though he's got miles on him, uh, they've got defensive cornerbacks, linebacker, you name it. Uh, just signed Roquan Smith, a defense in general, one of the better defenses in the whole league, if not the best. Uh, I think that maybe they can use another receiver or so. They still got Mark Andrews. They'll be fine. They can get a Derek Carr or somebody else like that uh, or even draft another quarterback. I think they'll be fine without uh, Lamar Jackson. But the, the fact that Lamar is skipping that game like that, uh, you're seeing that the, at one time they were 32nd, uh, I want to say last year in passing offense. Towards the end of the year, they went up because they had so many injuries. Now, that I don't blame that on Lamar. They did go up in passing offense, meaning under Lamar. But my thing is the guy was hurt last year. The guy's hurt this year. He wants more money, which is a total outlier. Here, uh, Here's Mike Florio. Also, everybody's talking about this. Let me give you one more soundbite. I want to say this is Mike Florio on the, um, on the Rich Eisen show talking about what he thinks the Ravens are going to do about this. He's got a legal background. I, I, I respect his opinion on this. Part. I think what the Ravens are going to do, prediction. It's not exclusive franchise tag, which will give him the chance to go talk to other teams. If he signs an offer sheet with another team, the Ravens get two first-round picks if they don't match it, or the Ravens could trade him. But at some point, Rich, he's got to negotiate. He's talking about he, he's got to he's got to negotiate with the team again. He should have got him an agent. He should have got it. Your mom being an agent should have got him an agent. You know. Um, so the not what Mike said. The non-exclusive franchise. See, I never heard of that. I've never heard. I just stumbled on that today. So if he finds a team to uh, give him an offer, and or his agent Eric Quote, you know, uh, if he finds a team to give him an offer, and I think he would, a, a Jets team or somebody, Washington, 
just to name a few off the top of my head, right? Carolina Panthers, perhaps. Uh, they'll get two first round picks for that. You know, could they get more if they just they if they if they sign the exclusive franchise tag, which is forty five million this year? It's going to be a fortune, and maybe he possibly could. But the fact that he's been hurt the last two years, uh, you see his passing ability. There's some suckers out there. Trust me. There's ownership suckers out there and our fan base uh, suckers out there that that will they like this guy so much. He's so popular. He has such a high selling jersey. They'll pay the money anyways, even though it's not going to equate to winning playoff games, you know. But uh, I thought that was very interesting um, when dealing with the uh, with the unknown hire professionals. What Pickle says. Yeah, a bear is basically eight in a box. That's a bear front, you know? You don't play that on a Tom Brady. He would tear you up. Not even just an average. You don't play that even on a guy like a Matt Ryan level of a quarterback. But they never developed that. Uh, I've read a lot about the Ravens over the years, uh, particularly this past offseason, this time last year. Uh, they were supposed to hire somebody to bring them in to work with them in the offseason. I've seen him a couple of games this year before he got injured, trying to read defenses, trying to make that play. He's just not getting it. And they always go back to towards the season started, even during the season, just being a running team again. Because they know he just can't make those reads. Uh, I think he's won like two games being down late in games. Uh, they've blown some leads this year. Uh, all that being said, this team still, you know, they got to the playoffs. That tells you how good their defense is, you know, and they were essentially one play away from from winning that game Sunday, you know. I mean, uh, we're taking the lead. Remember, they were tied. They were going in on the one-yard line. Huntley fumbles, uh, or the, the guy knocks, which is ridiculous. Belichick would never call that, even though Belichick's made his, had his own series of mistakes uh, this year particularly. Uh, to to lunge that ball over the line of scrimmage. Uh, guy knocks that out of his hand. Uh, defender for Cincinnati catches it, runs it coast, like Sam Hubbard or whatever. Coast to coast, very James Harrison in the Super Bowl kind of play. But what if he scores there? And that offensive line is down two or three other guys, and you got Joe Burrow down seven having to go to length of the field to score in the fourth quarter. I don't know if he does that, folks. I really don't know uh, if he does that or not. But uh, that was with Tyler Huntley, you know. And, and now you're saying reports are this guy was medically cleared to play, but he still didn't want to play on a sprained uh, PCL, want to say. Uh, it, you know, it just, like I said, that's why you watch shows like this. You're going to get opinions like that that you will not, trust me, I listen to every day, you will not hear on Fox Sports. You will not hear on ESPN. They're so pro-player. Uh, you know, they're so uh, – they pick players that they know that they can criticize. Other players, they know they can't. And you know why in this woke world we live in. So, hey, that's why you watch Sportscope. Again, the good stuff I said about Lamar Jackson, I have not taken that back. The guy does work hard. He has put on the extra weight around his neck. He has gotten built up more. Uh, he he should have worked on his passing game more. I, 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 it's not there, you know. He has not done that. Uh, he should have hired a regular agent instead of his mom. But I'm not so down on him about the agent thing as I am about his devel uh, ability to develop as a passer. And I would have went to the game to support my teammates. You got to separate emotion from business. Those guys still depend on you in that locker room. And I'm telling you, a lot of guys were ticked off. Uh, the, a, you know, uh, Dobbins. And I've told you all before. There's a reason why Marquise Hollywood Brown wanted out of town because Lamar wasn't getting in the ball. He wasn't getting in the ball. So he he gets traded to Arizona. Uh, Rashad Bateman from Minnesota, University of Minnesota. This guy gets drafted in the NFL and he finds out it's Baltimore. It looks like he lost his grandmother. You know, I mean, he's like, I know this dude ain't good. The only one that's happy is Mark Andrews. He's a giant tight end, runs in the middle of the field. Uh, but everybody else, he don't really have, uh, you know, maybe Devin Duvernay. You don't really have any chemistry with that receiving core pickles. But uh, when dealing with a higher professional, yeah, interesting story there. So uh, I, 
I'll put it this way. From all that information, my opinion, uh, 30% he stays in Baltimore, 70% he's gone. Uh, They're going to move on from him. Uh, My guess where he goes, uh, Jets of Washington are just the two that stand out uh, to me particularly. Maybe, maybe the maybe the uh, the Bears go after him. They've got the money, but those those two, Jets, Washington, need the quarterback, and they've got the kind of ownership that would make that kind of move. In my opinion, somebody mentioned why Tennessee Titans. No, Titans got you know they they've played they've played Lamar before. You know they're two and one against Lamar. Actually, Lamar beat him in the playoff. That's his only playoff win against the Titans when they didn't have a pass rush at all whatsoever and uh had some issues there at the cornerback position all righty then switching sports here you know i was really surprised i read this quote here by uh now this guy just recently got fired again he's, he's been fired more times than davy crockett's rifle like my dad would say but he's been around uh stan van gundy uh, been in the NBA since 1995. His brother, Jeff Van Gundy, you know, he coached for the Knicks for a while, and he's pretty uh, pretty well-known around NBA circles now with his coverage with, uh, uh, what is his name, Mike Breen and uh, Mark Jackson uh, with the ESPN on NBA and everything. Core, if you're out there watching. So Stan Van Gundy says this today, and, and that was really shocking, what he said, and I'm going to, Go to my other tablet here and see if I can get this quote here. He says, Stan Van Gundy says 90s NBA teams had a trainer and a strength coach. They practiced more often and harder and played more back-to-backs. He says teams have now have huge medical and performance staffs and value rest over practice. Yet injuries and games missed are way up. Something's not working, Stan Van Gundy says. And uh, and even a guy like Kevin Durant, I think he's hurt right now. He says, preach coach. You know, uh, Kevin Durant didn't even come out against that. And, you know, he, injuries and games missed are way up. I'm telling you. I think the money is so big now. Uh, you look at load management and, you know, Van Gundy, like I said, he's been around the NBA since 1995. Uh, been a long time. He worked for quite a few teams here. Uh, like that last team, he was with the uh, New Orleans Hornet, uh, Pelicans. Look at the Pelican, right? Look at the Pelican. And... You know, I think this is going with part of one of the bigger problems. You, you see it in Major League Baseball. That's why this season, I'm kind of excited about Major League Baseball coming up. Uh, they've made some mass, major changes because baseball is not even a national discussed sports in any national sports talk radio station. It's very regional, very regional baseball is. Uh, the NBA is still hanging on to the national spotlight just a little bit. The ratings are up since 2020 since they don't want to lecture us on social justice and and everything else. They have been up. But stuff like injuries and and, 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 uh, that low management stuff, that causes ratings to go down. And plus, you've got more people. um, You got more people sitting out longer. Uh, We don't know if they're real injuries. We don't know if the guys are, are, are faking those injuries. Uh, my thing is they're probably somewhere in between. It's probably somewhere in, in between here. Uh, you know, I was reading some of the comments. He put this out on Twitter, I think. I was reading some of the comments by some of the blue checkmark trainers and coaches around uh, just the NBA. Bat. I don't know about NBA, but just from around the way. Some saying, and I've been hearing this for years, there's too much concentration on one sport. At a younger age, the uh, you're not getting proper rest and 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 uh, uh, re- restoration because you're working the same muscles too hard. Uh, I've talked to a good friend of mine about guys like Luka Doncic to go in their own country. It's such a global league now. 
they'll go play in their other country uh, over the summer, and, and they got a lot of summer leagues and stuff that, that the players do. I know we had the Olympics and all that, but that could be part of it. Uh, maybe because the money's so big and the players are simply not being motivated. There's too much player empowerment. There's not a, there's too much guarantee, but the guarantee contracts have been around for a long time. So, but I'll say this, I'll say this about that. I think there's some truth to that because I noticed that Kyrie Irving's in a contract year. This guy's on, he was on pace, still on place to play the most games that he's played in his whole career. He's very close. He's played 36 out of 43 games. I think he's going to miss uh, either yesterday or today. He's supposed to be back Thursday. Got a, a sore calf, you know. And, and that's another thing he said in that tweet. Uh, are you sore or are you injured? You know, are you sore or are you injured? The thing is, if you don't care, why should the fans care? You know? But, yeah, you got guys like Kyrie Irving, uh, 30 years old, uh, on pace to play just about as many games as he's played, almost 70, you know, 70-something games here. Uh, like I said, in baseball, they have guaranteed contracts in baseball. Uh, they've had one of their pitchers one time. Uh, he was a pitcher for the White Sox. I can't remember his name now, uh, Pickles, you may remember. But this guy didn't like the uniforms that they were playing in. And he cuts up the uniforms. He cuts up the new uniforms. Uh, that guy later, uh, Chris Sale, I think is the same. Chris Sale. I mean, that that's when you get such big guaranteed contracts. and You get that low sense of entitlement. It's so high. It just turns the general public off. You get so out of touch, you know. And, and, and when you got guys like Stephen A. Smith, of all people, Mr. I Love NBA, saying what he said, uh, Last summer, last year during the playoffs, that maybe you, play, uh, you get paid as you play. You know, he's saying that for the next CBA, which is going to be coming up this summer. And I've been saying, I, I think that, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not against like non-guaranteed at all. But, you know, 70, 80% non-guaranteed uh, contract incentives, I think that's a good thing. You know, I do I do not believe in back-to-backs. I, I believe in spreading the season out. I've said this a thousand times. I think making the finals closer to later in June into July, uh, because, and I said the same thing about baseball, you need to finish that season, regular season in July. Put the NBA finals in July. Uh, finish the regular Major League Baseball season in July. Uh, that would help ratings get up. Uh, but it, it, this was all about injuries, though. This was mainly about injuries and what's actually injury and what's actually not an injury. But if you're given these guaranteed contracts, why should I play? Why should I play if you're going to pay me anyways? Those rules, that's something that has to be discussed uh, in the NBA. And, and quite frankly, something like that, uh, the owners really just need to, uh, you know, probably this uh, lockout would probably be recommended. Even if you miss a lot of time, it's good to clean that stuff up. It's really good to clean that stuff up. And and all those writers, you know, Mike Florio, I praise him, I bash him. All those writers in the NFL want this for the NFL. That's what makes the NFL great. There's a lot of little details to the NFL where everybody don't have that guaranteed contract I can't just call out of work and you pay me anyways. You know, it's just, uh, I don't feel sorry for people who's made enough money that, that uh, the, the average, and I say this about the NFL, people get mad about it, but it's the truth, okay? The average person in their lifetime makes about $3 million a year. I've looked this up. Uh, that's that's the average NFL salary for one year. Uh, their whole life. So, so yeah, they can take a little criticism. It's okay. You can take a little criticism if you're making that type of generational change in money. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you got 82 games, play them. You got 162 games. Yeah. You might want to play them. You know, that's too many games in the, in major league baseball. I get it. They need to shave them down. But if you sign up for them, play them. Now, if you're really hurt, you're really hurt. Or do you just want to lay out? 
That's the question. When Stan Van Gundy says that, there's a problem. There's a problem, you know? But I'm glad he did bring it up. I'm glad people are starting to say stuff about this, you know? I'm glad I'm glad baseball uh they're 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 bringing in the strike zone uh are they uh the, the top the clock the pitch clock uh this season they're eliminating shifted okay now if you can shorten the season get rid of that greed ownership uh you know we're making steps we're making steps we have made enough steps you know all of them kind of run together because of these ongoing problems that seem to get overlooked uh pickle says Sports agents play a big part in the BS of the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, always somebody in your pocket there talking a lot of nonsense because they want their piece of the pie, you know? And the truth of the matter is, if you're putting out a good product every day and and more people catch on, bigger audiences, you're going to get paid more money. You're going to get paid more money. But I'm one of these people... Uh, carrot on the stick mentality. Carrot on the stick mentality. You keep giving somebody more and more money that they don't play better. You know, some people do because they're just naturally motivated. Others don't. Most don't. And Pickle says, 144 games in the World Series by Labor Day. Yes, that would be my perfect world for baseball. You know, if you want to start a few weeks early in March and start in the southern climates, your Floridas, your domes, uh, tournaments, stuff like that, that would be good. That would be really good. 144 uh, in by Labor Day. I would love to see the uh, Game 7, Game 6-7 on Labor Day weekend. Plenty of people will be watching, and you will not compete with the NFL. Okay, that was my NBA take for the day. So, Coach Cal, as I mentioned this last week, uh Coach John Calipari, guys, he has been getting hammered. I mean, right over the coals, uh, sports media, social media, last few weeks. And, you know, rightfully so. You know, they were 10 and 6, and that, that was really a bad start for such a blue blood like Kentucky. And I was reading that um, – and I thought to myself, why is he losing like this? You think about it. This is even worse for Coach Cal. That look who's retired over the last five years. Coach Mike Chesesky, uh, Coach K from Duke, he retired last year, right? I think it was his last year. You got Roy Williams from uh, was it two years ago at the great Roy Williams at North Carolina. Jay Wright really coming into his own. He's only in his early sixties. Got two championships, maybe three. Uh, he retired. His only real competition would be Bill Self at Kansas, who just won last year. Of course, Mark uh, Mark Few from Gonzaga, you know, I think Mike Few from Gonzaga, the Gonzaga head coach, and he has even won a national championship. So all this come about on the eve, the weekend that they played Tennessee, number five team in the country, they actually, on the road, with those losses, beat a one-loss Tennessee team in Tennessee, pretty much wire-to-wire uh, -wire finish, Pickles. Wire-to-wire -wire finish. And this is funny. This is what he said. This is what I'm talking about, uh, players with entitlement, attention problems, uh, desire to win. This is what he said he'd done before the game, before they played a Tennessee game, and all that pressure that's came up on him and criticism that he has taken, and that hot seat getting hotter, even though he signed a lifetime contract back in 19, 2019 for $86 million. Check out, this is what he said he did with the kids the other day, if I can find it. Uh, where are you at, Coach? I'm going to find him here in here somewhere. That's not it. Nope, nope, not that one. I got so many sound bites. Last night, I not only collected the phones, I collected the iPads and everything else. And all I told them is, we're getting after this tomorrow. You go and have a great night's sleep, and you're not looking at anything. Now, when they got up for breakfast, 
He's making these weird gestures like, oh, my God. Because they my- didn't get to see their phone for 12 hours. Boom, boom. Well, he collected them all. And I guess we're going to do that and make Dr. Capilouto travel with us, too. That's the two things that are going to start happening. Yeah. So he took their phones. He took their iPads, pickles. Uh, that's very Pat Riley. Like, Pat Riley, I was watching documentary Shaq talk about uh, Pat Riley would put curfews in. He still does this stuff, too. Uh, he really runs a tight ship, you know. And quite frankly, it won. They beat Tennessee. That was on Saturday. And they beat Georgia going away. You know what we did last night? I'm not- they, uh, they beat Georgia going away yesterday. Okay, somebody is uh, – uh, they beat Georgia yesterday. Plus, I don't know if I mentioned this last week, another reason why he'll probably save his job is, you know, I just mentioned all those great coaches who have now retired. Jim Calhoun, did, uh, remember that's that, that guy from um, – I think he is uh, from, from Connecticut, coach is retired. Uh, the great coach that, that did the uh, zone defense from uh, Syracuse, he's gone. He's just bare by itself. He should be racking up. Well, he is. Come November next year, or whenever the season starts, I think it's November, maybe late late October, either way, uh, he's already got three of the top five players in the country. That's his best class probably since John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins' class. So he's kind of getting it together. It makes me think about, you know, you see a guy, he gets some early success. Remember, they won a national championship. This is like 10 years ago, though, right, Uh, with uh, Anthony Davis in 2010. 13 years, excuse me. Uh, 2010, they won a national championship with Anthony Davis. And, you know, things that went south here the last few years – it kind of reminds me, not a whole lot, but kind of reminds me of Brian Kelly, uh, the former coach at Notre Dame. Remember, he went to the national championship game just a few years when he started at uh, Notre Dame. Now, he got ran off the field by Alabama. So does everybody that's not a, 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 an SEC opponent or Ohio State. But after that, things kind of went south. He started getting really sh- uh, short with the media, uh, very temperamental. Uh, losing five, six games a year, and the pressure got on. He, he, and the pressure got him backed up against the wall. Brian Kelly, he made some adjustments. Team started winning again. Started playing well against the SEC teams. Uh, got back into the playoff. Didn't win, but he got back. Start putting out some pros. Then he gets a big job offer to LSU, and he just beat Alabama this past year, and they won the SEC West. This is kind of like that situation I feel from Kentucky and John Calipari. Now, Calipari has been with Kentucky uh, quite some time now. Uh, you would think he's won more championships, but you rarely see a guy coach himself off the hot seat like that. Usually, once they stay on, it just continues to go south. Pickles. But I thought that was pretty interesting. Jim Behan, yeah, thank you. Yeah, Pickles, that was behind from uh, Syracuse. Him and Carmella Anthony, I want to say in 2003, uh, freshman Carmella Anthony won a national championship. Best zone defense team I've ever seen. Uh, put a bad product on the floor. Yeah, they were getting beat by 20 and 30 points in some of these games. Takes the phones away. They had a wire-to-wire finish against the number five team in the country. What a difference. I mean, just these kids are so distracted, man. Unbelievable. So, anyways, uh, on a more of a somber note here, um, more of a serious. So, this Alabama basketball player, uh, Darius Miles. uh, Now, he wasn't a star with Alabama. Alabama had been playing well. That good good coach down there. They've been playing really well this year. I'm going to say they beat, they actually beat this Kentucky team. So over the weekend, he was charged with capital murder of a woman. Uh, He was kind of an off-the-bench kind of guy. But uh, what was really oddball about this was that the girl's, the woman's, young woman's mother, he's 21, she's 23, 
said that he shot this woman because she didn't talk to him. But I mean, and and it wasn't like a um, a situation there where, from my understanding, I read two stories on this that the girl's mother said he, as if they didn't know each other, he just walked up to her and tried to talk to her. She's a very attractive young lady, and he, him, and his friend supposedly this Darius Miles supposedly handed his friend the gun in the car. They were in the car together and they shot this woman in another car over her anointing. I mean, that's, I mean, ego, like, you know, bruised ego, whatever. And I was listening to God. I really can't stand. But I, when I was researching this story, uh, he didn't make a good point. Uh, Charlemagne calls himself the God, you know, out of New York, uh, got us, uh, he can be a real jerk sometimes, but he didn't say something like, man, there's some mental health problems with this guy, with this story. I mean, I understand getting your ego, Bruce. We've all had our feelings hurt by people. I've had my feelings hurt by women. And I've, I've not deliberately, but, you know, I've turned women down for, for wanting to go out and stuff. And I can see that I've hurt their feelings. You know, my dad used to tell me the best revenge on, you know, somebody embarrassing you for, for turning you down or, uh, for anybody, for that matter, is living well. You know, uh, rejection, uh, public humiliation, you can use that energy to do something positive, you know, to better yourself, to better your situation, you know. But, you know, Charlemagne said, maybe this guy's probably, he got some serious mental issues to do something like that, you know. But uh, GoFundMe account's been set up for her. And he's saying the fact that he didn't, he shouldn't be charged with this because he handed his friend a gun. But they, but they're both being charged with the capital murder. I don't know how that's going to play out. But over asking somebody out, I mean, you know, just when you think you've heard it all, then you hear something else. Uh, I also noted to myself that the Idaho killer that everybody's been talking about, uh, the guy that was charged with uh, stabbing four people. Uh, three young women and one young man, uh, I found out early this morning watching the news that he had sent one of those female pickles an Instagram message, and she never answered it. Uh, apparently, he sent her a couple messages, and they didn't follow each other, from my understanding, and maybe she didn't get it, but she probably just ignored the guy. Kind of a you know oddball kind of character. She didn't know him from a hole in the ground. But... Uh, you know, it, 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 you'd be surprised at how uh, women, um, the, the crap they got to deal with here. You know, I mean, no wonder people are scared to death. And, you know, I, I don't blame them. And and, and the, the parents being scared to death for something like this. But, I mean, I'm sure they're going to find out more profiles on the Idaho killer. You know, we'll probably see some documentaries on, you know, psychopaths and all this and, as far as this could, uh, Alabama basketball player, I'm not sure how it's going to play out. But, hey, you know, I guess it's easier for me as a 41-year-old 40, uh, to say something like that. To, uh, you know, I've been upset when I've gotten turned down for dates or I felt like somebody was leading me on online and I met her through social media. I'm talking about when I was in college, you know. And then I get a little irritated. But when you get older, you realize it ain't no big deal. Who cares? It's just a numbers game. Uh, everybody's going to uh, – REM said everybody hurts sometimes. Uh, not to sweat the small stuff. And the quicker you move on from that and, and, and divert your attention, the, the, the quicker you can uh, totally forget about the whole thing. But um, – I just thought that was a crazy, crazy story. You know, Alabama's been playing so well this year. Uh, you just wonder how this team is going to react here uh, with this. Uh, with something like that happening. It was in Tuscaloosa, too, right in the heart there uh, of the city. It's kind of put of a – been hearing about it. People have been talking about it all week, especially since it was over something like that. Usually situations like this, a fight breaks out in a club and – someone shoots somebody by accident trying to shoot somebody else. And, but this is a totally different, uh, uh, situation. Yeah. Pickles says, uh, 
You give a guy a firearm, he uses it, you're guilty. See, yeah, and that's what the, the police charged him. Yeah, they were in the car together, and apparently it was him that asked her out or whatever, and she totally ignored him. And this girl's got a daughter and whatever. And uh, so that that's the way it's going to be charged. Uh, I can't believe these stories out here happen like this. You know, uh, Pickle says, ask Plexico Burris. Yeah, Plexico Burris shot himself in a nightclub in New York, and they have such strict gun laws up there that uh, I think he got like four years or something in jail for that or two years or whatever. So uh, I joke I was saying to my friends, you know, um, you know, if he would have killed himself, they'd have gave him life. But anyways, uh, if you guys like the show, share the show. I'll be back on tomorrow. We'll talk about the, the 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 importance of these games coming up. Really good weekend. This is a really good weekend coming up here in the NFL. Uh, there's stories behind the stories uh, coming up with these games. We already figured out some with, with, with the Ravens. Uh, we figured out an offensive coordinator was moved from the Chargers. Uh, there's usually stuff to be made. There's plenty of stuff in the news. There's there, there's developments that will happen after wins and losses of the game. So I, I'll talk about that uh, tomorrow. And then Friday, of course, I have Car- hopefully Carlos Madden, New Yorker Chavez will pick these games. And remember last weekend, I was 5-0. and oh, I did lose that one Dallas and Tampa game. So I'm starting to get a feel for what's going to happen in these games. Wish I had it like that every week. I would be doing a show from my palatious mansion. So have a good night, everybody. Uh, I will see you tomorrow, same place, same time here on Sports Code.